to Cup of Cubby Blue, your the Cubs lost three of four to the Buckos, and it wasn't pretty home for Cubs news, updates, and banter. We're the official podcast of Bleed Cubby Blue, and you can find us wherever you get your podcasts by searching for Bleed Cubby Blue. I'm Sarah Sanchez. I write about the Cubs. I write about how they are not very good. I write about how they are going to probably trade my favorite player ever for Bleed Cubby Blue. And Danny is back, and we're fired up to chat about this series. So, yeah, how's it going, Danny? Yep, I am officially back in Chicago, and uh, luckily the Cubs are not here, so I don't have to go down to Wrigley Field and see them. Um, yeah, they. Uh, I'm back. A road trip to New York was awesome. Uh, Trapdoor Theaters, Martyrdom of Peter O'Hay was a triumph, and uh, everybody loved it on the Upper East Side and in Jersey City where we played, and uh, I couldn't be happier, but I must admit, I am exhausted. <laughs> and I did manage to catch a Cubs game. In, uh, I've stopped in Pittsburgh on my way back and sat in a suite with my cousin, uh, uh, one of maybe 8,000 people in the place on Tuesday evening, but I, uh, it was all you could eat food. I ate porchetta. So I'm, I'm happy. I'm tired. Um, and let's, let's talk about the Cubs. <laughs> That's kind of a bummer that there were so few people there for O'Neill Cruz's debut series. I mean, like if, Look, the Cubs are terrible, but if they were to call, I don't know, like if they had a prospect like that, like knocking on the door who was supposed to be a rock star, you would think that would get some get some fans in seats. I was mesmerized by him. He played shortstop at the game I, I was at, and he looks like the real deal. Great arm, really smooth fielding. And over there with, uh, I don't know if Key Brian Hayes played third in that game, but uh, but with, with him, I mean, they've got a couple of really – young top I mean they're both top rated but it, they just look like the real deal and it's um I mean I'm happy for pirate fans it's two teams in going in two different directions right now and where the pirates I think are on the rise even John Baker who's the minor league coordinator I think that's his official job I'm not sure but uh even even him he was like it's like man a couple years you're going to be shocked at the amount of talent coming out of this organization. And apparently there's been a bit of a paradigm, paradigm shift within the organization that it's possible that they would even consider spending money around some of their cheaper young hotshots like O'Neill Cruz. So yeah, it's, they, they pass the eye tests there. They really do. Yeah. You could tell that this was a, pretty solid crew of youngsters um specific I mean O'Neill Cruz obviously looks awesome I think they said that he had the hardest throw for an infielder uh in the 2022 season during during this game I don't know if it was during this game or a different game he definitely threw a ball 97 miles per hour which was incredible the Pirates actually also had a picture of him running the bases that was just pure joy I don't know if you saw that one where he's like kind of he's like he's flying like he's got both both feet in the air as he's striding and he's just got this huge grin on his face kind of like strolling like from first to second it's amazing and I just that that picture was perfection I found myself frustrated at times during this series, mainly because I'm, I'm also happy for Pirates fans. I want them to enjoy their young talent. Bly, Med- Bly Madris had a great series. I'd never heard of Bly Madris. Bly Madris was doing great. O'Neill Cruz had a great series. I, I had heard of O'Neill Cruz. I wanted to see O'Neill Cruz do great things. And the Cubs played Andrelton Simmons and Jonathan VR and Jason Hayward. 
Yeah, just a bunch of old guys, like the opposite of what they have. Um, just a bunch of dudes probably on their way out the door. Um, the other one I'll throw in is Jack Sawinski, who uh, yeah, last he I heard, great. yeah, last I heard he was. Uh, I mean, he's got a low batting average, but he's got eleven home runs. So, uh, and then yeah, it's it's just, and you can just really tell. It's it, you know, you got VR, just a butcher out there in the infields, a straight butcher, and. Um, I, I guess the plan is to get some value out of VR and then like trade him off as a role player to another team. But the more you play him, the worse he looks. I mean, who would take that? I mean, you don't defense defense and pitching wins championships and you cannot play Jonathan VR on a baseball diamond in any playoff game and have the, and something is going to go wrong. He's just, he's too terrible out there. And, you know, Jason Hayward, I mean, I guess a roll over to second would uh, almost scored a run yesterday at the end of in clown ball extra innings when Patrick Wisdom, who is, was hobbling around the bases and they let him be the runner. I don't, I don't understand what happened there, but, um, but you know, I get, I guess a roll over to second can get you something with Jason Hayward. I, I don't know why he's playing. At least he didn't start yesterday. I mean, yeah, two teams in completely two different directions. The the Cubs look directionless right now. They look like they're just treading water as a baseball team. Like, I don't know. They just, they seem like they should be relegated. Honestly, it's like, yeah, can we just punt the seat? Like, just give us one of the bottom, like, three positions in the league, a really good draft pick, and, and we'll just like we'll just call it. Like I'm like, yeah, can we just like <laughs> like we this, know <laughs> we know this, it's terrible. Totally, this season feels so long, and I think about it just being June. I was like, oh my god, three more freaking months. I mean, thank God for the All Star break. Just give us a break from watching this. I mean, I honestly felt that way. I mean, I felt pretty. Def- I've been feeling more and more defeated at games. Because they haven't been close. Like, we got our butts kicked by the Pirates twice in this series. And it's just, it's uncompetitive baseball, so it's not fun to watch. It's not like in 2014 where the Cubs were still pretty bad. But you could tell that something had shifted. Like, that's kind of where the Pirates are right now. You start to see Javi up, and uh, you knew Chris Bryant was coming, and you know just the team was turning. You had Pedro Strope, Arietta was there by that point, you know. So you just saw like, hey, these guys are real guys, and they're going to play. But um, yeah, we just we don't have that. I mean, even we got no depth. There's no one. I don't even know who's going to pitch anymore. I mean, yeah, unless well. some of these injured starters start coming back, like I don't know. And and say a Suzuki's finger, like. What did, did it fall off? Did he get gangrene? Like what happened? Like he was day to day for like a week. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's jump into uh, all of this. Uh, so that first game, I'm just going to jump on it. It was a 12 to one loss. Um, Caleb Killian, who is a guy and he will be back. And he, he has been sent back to AAA after a couple of performances that were just not great, including this one, um, 2.1 innings pitch, seven hits, seven runs, five earned runs. Five walks is really the kicker from where I sit and only three strikeouts. I mean, I, I think Caleb Killian will be fine, but he definitely, this reminds me a lot of when Adbert Alzali came up and looked really good for like five innings and then fell apart 
and had to go back to AAA. And so I just hope there's nothing wrong. Like I hope Killian isn't hurt in any way, shape or form and that he can just reset in AAA and come back and be better. Yeah. Well, we were all hoping that maybe he would come up and just be a massive stud and he would never go away and just be our new awesome homegrown pitcher. And like only Wilson Contreras comes up and never goes back. <laughs> yeah. Or Christopher Morrell. Uh, but we would like to do it with a pitcher sometime. Somebody uh, compared him yesterday on a Twitter space that I hosted after the game to Tyler Chatwood. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> like, let's not slow our, let's slow our roll on like that it being a total disaster yet. This could be just a case of a young guy that had to come up too early uh, for, because of injuries and the Cubs lack of depth that they even employ on this team. Um, and hopefully he can just go back and, I don't know, learn how to, how to not, not walk five batters, <laughs> things, things of that nature. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to flag on play the Chatwood thing for a second. I just I mean, it's way too early to know if he's got control issues of, of that magnitude. I think it's much more likely he's just a little overmatched for a moment and needs to reset and he'll come. I, I, I think he came up too soon. I mean, I was on the record a while ago saying that I, I wasn't sure he was ready, that I thought he would if he came up this year, it would be like in September, not in May or June. And, and I agree with you. I think injuries forced the Cubs hands and they said, well, let's just see what happens here. And they saw, <laughs> and it's not great. Uh, it's, it's never good when your BB per nine is higher than your K per nine, which it is for Killian at this moment in time. And admittedly, that's a tremendously small sample size, but he's got a K per nine of 7.15, a BB per nine of 9.53. Like he has definitely got to, got to reset what he's doing at the moment. Yeah. It, it just, I mean, he's wild and that can be, really effective and look at look at uh 2016 arietta those balls diving all out of the strike zone i mean they if you don't swing at them they're balls <laughs> but he was so effective at getting people to chase and then he could also come in and throw a strike when he needed to as well but there was so much movement on those pitches killian he seems to like employ that kind of like high trying to hit the hot the top of the zone a lot more. I know that's kind of like a new thing that pitchers are doing to try to uh, combat the the launch angle uppercut thing. Maybe not a new thing. I mean, they just, you know, chase each other around with what they're going to do to each other. And the game is always adjusting to to the new thing, you know. So but he's got to control that. And he's and I mean, that's an obvious statement, but it is an exciting pitch. When I when I when I see him pitch it 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 looks like something special like it's it's got movement it seems to dart and it's got the velocity that I think will play as long as you can command it so um, yeah I'm not I guess I'm not worried because it doesn't matter yet but if he comes up and if you never see him succeed at the major league level in his little stints here. Um, and don't get a glimpse of it, then I think you start to worry. couple starts, I'm not going to. Uh, somebody asked this question, why is he not treated like a piggybacker? Why aren't you protecting? Yeah, why aren't you protecting him that way? Whereas you protect the other guys like a Keegan Thompson, who was a long man, or yeah, I guess Swarmer is not really supposed to be here, but Swarmer, you know, the, it, I actually him, they're, they're making him go long just because they don't have anybody else, and the bullpen's so overtaxed, but. Yeah, I mean, I, 
I don't think we have anybody to piggyback with anybody at the moment. I think that, I mean, they did do that a little bit in this game. They brought in Alec Mills. They had some innings, but Alec Mills was also not very good. I think in Killian's case, you know, he came out that first start and had, I think he threw five innings and four of them were excellent. One of them was kind of the effectively wild mess that we have seen the last couple of times. And so I think that the hope was, well, maybe the real guy is the guy who threw those four innings, not the guy who threw that one. And they've just been trying to see what they have. And and it looks like he has sort of reverted to the guy who was struggling, not the guy who was dominating. And so I, I, I all of this is very small sample sizes. I'm not worried about Caleb Killian. I just don't think the Cubs have anyone else to pitch here. I'm actually quite a bit more concerned that Alec Mills just kind of got batted around here, right? Like the whole point of having an Alec Mills on your team is that he looks very different than a Caleb Killian, very different than a Matt Swarmer. He can come in in the middle innings and give you a different look, give you three or four innings, and hopefully those are innings of like one-run baseball. That is not yeah. what happened here. Alec Mills got hit around pretty pretty good, 4.1 innings pitched, eight hits, five runs, all of them earned. He didn't walk anybody, which is nice. He didn't really strike out anybody either. He only had two strikeouts. So if Alec Mills can't be a guy that can give you four or five innings of you know, one run, zero run baseball, that's problematic because he's supposed to be that guy when Smiley and Miley and all the Eileys are back too. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he was going to be maybe part of the back end of the rotation. And now by default, he kind of is, or maybe he's just the the new Keegan. I don't know. It's, I mean, Alec Mills was never like a real weapon. So it's hard for me to be like, oh, man, Alec Mills isn't pitching well. I'm so shocked. (laughs) You know, like, I can't believe it. He had that no hitter. He was supposed to win the Cy Young, you know. By the way, that no hitter was like the most improbable no hitter ever. If you go back and look at the um, StatCast Baseball Savant page for that game, the Brewers had like 11 or 12 just rockets off the bat, just hard hit baseballs. that in any other game, at least three or four of them would have dropped for hits just by the law of averages. We're talking like multiple balls that were hit at like a perfect launch angle, like above 500% expected batting average. And the Cubs fielders were positioned perfectly for all of them. <laughs> yeah. So baseball, get a uh, baseball people, baseball, get a baseball. Uh, the best part of this game. And I want to talk about it because Pat Hughes is the goat is the squirrel. I left my apartment because I was like, I, I'm just going to take a walk during part of this game and I, I don't need to watch all, watch all of this. And, and that was a good call because it was ugly baseball. But that meant I was listening to Pat Hughes as I was walking around the neighborhood and got to hear him and Ron Coomer call this squirrel thing, which, look, I get it. The Pirates guys thought it was funny. Frankly, Boog and Dempster totally blew it. Like they were the most boring call I've ever heard in my entire life. Pat Hughes nailed this call. It was incredible. They're calling it like he's a football player, like a running back cutting and diving out of the zone. It was it was one of the <laughs> I've ever heard. And please give that man a frick award and put him in the Hall of Fame. That's all I have to say about that. Oh, it's long overdue. Yeah. I mean, I I I can't watch these games because I I I don't enjoy the call on the television as much as I enjoy Pat Hughes. And it's just, it's too good to not listen to Pat. And I mean, and that's calling squirrels and that's calling, and that's calling a baseball game because you know what's going on at all times. He's got interesting stories. He's got stupid dad jokes that he tells. He's, he's goofy. Coomer, 
although he's just one of them broadcasters <laughs> that says one of them a lot, but, um, you know, he, he's gotten a lot better over the years and also his insight into the game is great. And I think for like a, he's like an elder Gen Xer. So he's kind of got that attitude where he's got a little bit of the old school, but understands the new school. Like, so I've been enjoying him a lot. Um, yeah, this, and now the squirrel thing, you know, I just, I didn't hear this call, but I watched it. I did watch it on uh, TV. This happened to just, I watched it, the highlight afterwards. And I just, I felt so bad for the squirrel because it's scared. You got three bozos running around with a towel. I'm like, oh my God, like, can we like, I know these guys are untrained for this. They're grounds crew people. They're <laughs> supposed to go out and rake and stuff like that. But, but there should be some protocol to, for this. And I just don't, I just don't think the answer, like you need to have like a hole on the other side of the wall that you like pick up the squirrel hole and like corral it to the hole in the wall or something like there needs to be something else because these animals, they, these poor, they're, it was so scared. You know, it's it doesn't know. It's not the squirrel's fault. He to a field. He was like, the field, it's a green field. This is a great field. I'm just going to hang out on the field. My favorite part of this call, and I agree with you, the grounds crew had like no shot here, is they've got this net, right? And the net has these holes in it that are yeah. like, I don't know, like two inch by two inch holes. And and, and I don't I don't know much about squirrels, uh, but I, I guarantee a squirrel's not getting trapped in a net with two inch by two. Yeah, I, I, do, I do enjoy watching a small mammal outsmart humans, though. I do, it's really one of my favorite things to watch. Um, but I, I did feel that I didn't even watch the whole thing because it was making me feel bad for the squirrel. Like, I don't know what's happening to me in my old age. I just, you know, finding a love of it, of small animals that usually don't matter to me. Well, Danny, we'll get you the Pat Hughes call of that because honestly, it's it's. I'm gonna watch it. It's, it's, it's gonna, one of the greatest things. Yeah, I'm gonna go back. And, it was early in the game too, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was like the second inning or something. Yeah, the third inning. It, was, <laughs> it was outstanding. Um, the I'll check it game, out. Uh, Pirates won this one, seven to one. Nat Swarmer, not great. Oh, look, the guy—he's a bullpen. He's got to be a bullpen pitcher. He has two pitches. Like we talked about this, every time he's pitched. Uh, he threw four innings, five hits, five runs. Four of them earned two walks, five Ks. Um. Brandon Hughes and Mark Leiter Jr. were fine. Patrick Wisdom hit a long home run. That is the story of this baseball game. Like I, it was the Cubs lost by a lot. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I got to. I saw it in person. <laughs> <laughs> you say uh, that with such enthusiasm. I, I, I ate porchetta. And they had a nice dessert cart. Um, oh, and uh, who, who, who could forget the chicken parm that I had? Um, Snuck in my uh, snuck in my booze because it was not all inclusive booze, but I definitely needed the booze I snuck in to watch this game. Um, yeah, it wasn't. I, I mean, it was it was so boring from a Cubs fan fan perspective. There really Cubs did nothing except for that home run, and I think the game it was already kind of out of hand by the time was. Oh, hit it was. That. Yeah, yeah. It, it was already five nothing. I was like, oh, five to one. All right, like <laughs> you know. It was the longest there. home run a Cub has hit this year, including yeah, the miss, including the mismeasured uh, Cubs home run that Wilson Contreras hit, which our friend Dave the Ballhawk says went 458 feet, not the 420 that MLB gave Wilson credit for. Yeah, yeah. No, he told me, he reiterated that story the other day to me. How- it's a great story. Uh, hanging out with the Ballhawks and listening to them just tell stories about home runs they chased down and 
the antics that happen outside the game is actually one of my favorite things about Wrigley. And if you've never, if you've never had a shot to go hang out with the Ballhawks for a little bit, you definitely should. The Ballhawks are wonderful human beings. And uh, the other thing about this game is the, you know, two errors on the Cubs in this one, Wilson on a throw wisdom had a fielding error. The, the defense really shoddy in this whole series uh, this game was no exception. It was a it was a bad game. It wasn't fun to watch. Um, it's not a good baseball team, Danny. <laughs> yeah, and oh, I will say this: uh, Jason Hayward got booed at PNC Park, and I was like, "Wait!" And then my cousin was like, "Wait did did Hayward used to play for us?" I'm like, "No." I'm like I'm, I'm like I don't know. I'm like I don't think there's enough people here to be booing him, and it's all coming from like right behind home plate. I'm like. It must be Cub fans booing him at PNC because she assumed that it was Pirates fans booing Jason Hayward because he's our best player or something. And I was like, oh, no. Although he was our best player in this game. He went two for four. Here's the thing. (laughs) Like, I understand Cubs Twitter angst about Jason Hayward. I get it. I, I share your frustration that there are so many guys on the team who are not very good anymore who are still taking up playing time. And also, I would like to say, I think that Andrelton Simmons and Jonathan VR both have to go long before Jason Hayward. So like, there's lots of guys in line to DFA. Yeah, no, exactly. Oh yeah. There's a, there's an unemployment line waiting to happen, but there's no one to replace them right now. So they're just going to play them. Yes. That's how it's going to be. And there's nothing be. David Ross can do. <laughs> God, I, I feel kind of bad for David Ross. Let's talk about the game that the Cubs won. This was fun. Uh, Keegan Thompson had another great start. Love seeing Keegan Thompson do good things. Six innings pitch, four hits, one run. It was earned one rock, one walk, seven Ks. Jared Eikhoff, on the other hand, pitched like he plays for the Cubs, and the Cubs absolutely wrecked him. Uh, this game was a lot of fun. The Cubs won at 14 to 5. What'd you see in this one, Danny? Well, I mean, Jared Eikhoff wasn't even supposed to pitch in this game, and I don't think he's even pitched in a game since like like twenty, like few years it's been. So it felt like the Pirates just like picked him off of the scrap heap to come out and pitch, and so yeah, the Cubs got to him. I guess yeah, they he came. You know, I mean, yeah, I mean, what am I looking at here? You know, he hasn't pitched. Oh, he did pitch last year for the Mets, but just a little bit. Um, but yeah, this was his first game of the year for the Pirates, and it did not go well for him. He had been down AAA, and before that, he didn't pitch in 2020. So, and then he was a reliever, or no, he actually did start for the Phillies. Uh, anyway, this guy, I mean, he wasn't even supposed to play. It was supposed to be Thompson versus Thompson, the Thompson Twins game, and the only fun thing probably about this game that would have been, and instead, it wasn't the Thompson Twin thing didn't happen. I was really disappointed. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> Cubs put up a bunch of <laughs> runs on a bum. Like, I mean, I hate to like not give them credit, but they also didn't feel that in this game. Three errors on this one. And at the end of this game, uh, Daniel Norris ends up, well, he got injured, I guess, after this one. Ends up giving four runs at the end of it. I was like, oh, it's 14 to five now. I do not put it past this Cubs bullpen to let the pirates score like 10 runs right now and walk it off. Like I don't like it yeah, could easily happen. Um, but yeah, uh, Hap had a Homer wisdom hit another one. Rivas had that grand slam um, at the end when it was garbage time, but it, 
Did he even hit it off a real pitcher? I don't even know. I don't and remember. Then, but I, let, I, I felt the same way about the Cubs leading. No. I was like, they were up seven to one in the second inning, and I was like, yeah, this could still this could still go terribly bad. And when Norris was giving up runs left, right, and center in the ninth, I was like, yeah, definitely could see them absolutely giving up nine runs in this inning. Totally could yeah. happen. <laughs> Exactly. So I was like, oh, no lead is safe. So yeah, D- Diego Castillo is their shortstop uh, who is pitching when Rivas hit the home run. So you can't count that. I mean, I'm wondering <laughs> if I'm wondering if these are even count. Like if you hit a home run off Diego Castillo, like, do you get to just have that as a home run? Like these guys are padding yes, their stats. And they, yeah, but it, this happens so much now that you got to like refigure these some of these stats if like every week you're having you know Frank Schwindel or Diego Castillo out there throwing an inning and just like getting ERAs of 36 and stuff like it's it's insane so um yeah uh yeah VR had an error in this one too so yeah he's a butcher just a butcher and David Robinson Robertson took it at bat and we're all supposed to be like that's great Look, David Robertson, first career bat. He's smiling ear to ear. I'm like, is this Little League? Like, <laughs> I mean, it's the it, now it's the pitch uh, uh, position players pitching version of hitting. And I'm like, I thought this was the whole thing is we don't want to watch pitchers bat. We're going to have a DH. And now, like, we just got like a 175 hitter down there or an actual pitcher now. Well, as, Nor- as Norris was giving it up in the ninth, I, I really did have this moment where I was like, oh, God, what if they just burned their closer on this stupid at bat and <laughs> actually need him later? Yeah. that That's well, Cub. It's different well, here. Well, maybe you could double switch at that point. I don't know. Maybe he's maybe as he's giving it up, he, or, you, you know, do a little Madden move, make it play a little left field for the moment. <laughs> Send him back out there because he's technically the DH. I don't know. Like it's weird, weird baseball. But yeah, it, that was, um, that was fun to win, I guess. And Keegan Thompson. Oh man. If he can continue this and we just even get like one dude out of this, like one homegrown pitcher, uh, that would, that would just Maybe be incredible. Two. Justin Steele's all right. Justin yeah, Steele's Justin, got, he's been good. Well, you want to talk about Steele? I mean, yeah, we can talk about Steele. Yeah. Let's talk about the next game. I, this game was frustrating to me. Be- Look, I, there's the blowouts are terrible to watch. Like watching the Cubs lose twelve to one or fourteen to one, whatever. All the blowouts they've had recently, those those are awful and they're terrible to watch. But in some ways, games like this are even worse because, frankly, I was totally fine believing the Cubs were not going to come back here. That they were just down indefinitely. It was like seven to two or whatever, and it just wasn't going to happen. And it was fine. And then they came back, and I had hope, and they had a lead in the ninth with a guy who is supposed to be able to close. And the first pitch went out of the park and the lead was gone. And I was like, I, that's the 2022 Cubs. That's what it is. Yeah. Well, maybe he was tired from hitting the day before. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Like (laughs) now that he's a hitter, he can't, he can't be like, I found a new, I found a new path in baseball. I'm finding a new life at age 30. Or he's older than that, isn't he? Uh, I think he's uh, like 35 or 36. Didn't we have a conversation about him? He must be aching or something. Um, but yeah, this was just, I mean, I don't even know. Like, he's you, 37. You come back to take the lead with a five-run eighth inning and you can't hold it. I just, I can't. 
Yeah, no, that that stunk. And I I was really hoping for the split just because that was I, that was the best possible scenario for the Cubs in the whole season was that we would go 500. So I'm just against the Pirates who you are maybe somewhat evenly matched. Um, you, At least pitching wise, we are. You're hoping. I mean, they don't have a good record now that they have a better record. They're in third place now because the Cubs just you know, handed it over to him, but, uh, you know, you're hoping for at least some competitive baseball games. We finally got one and, uh, didn't go our way. I really, uh, and steel wasn't great in this one. He did strike out eight, but he gave up those home runs and yeah, no, this was not a great steel start, but he, I I think steel still has promise. I, I I have a lot more hope for Justin steel than I have for Alec Mills at the moment. Let's put it that way. Um, Four errors in this game, by the way. So they gave the Cubs could have won this one in regulation. And in this one, you've got VR, Wisdom, Morrell and Horner. It's not it's not a very good baseball team. I mean, I just don't. Yeah, I I think we can be done talking about this series. It, it, It was it was highlighting for me just how big the gap between the pirate, a pirates team that is not going to win the division or even come close but looks like they have some talent and skill is between a Cubs team that is not going to win the division or come close. That is really just like, I quit playing Jonathan VR. Like just quit. Like I can't watch Jonathan VR play anymore. Yeah. And then you're going to get with Simmons and his 188 batting averages, 400 OPS in there every day. I mean, I mean, listen, they VR got pinch hit for, or VR was replaced by Simmons who then was re, was pinch hit for by Jason Hayward. When Jason Hayward is your lefty off the bench. Well, the, and to tent. be clear, Andrelton Simmons has a WRC plus of like four and Jason Hayward has a WRC plus of like 60. So Jason <laughs> Hayward is 56% was, better than Jonathan, than Andrelton Simmons at run yikes. creation and still 40% worse than the league average hitter at it. So yeah, it's this offense is, is, is not great. Um, and they get to go play the St. Louis Cardinals next, which this has all of the promise to be a totally embarrassing series. But before we get to the embarrassment that could happen in St. Louis, uh, let's take a quick break for our sponsors. All right, we're back. Um, before we talk about St. Louis, I do want to flag one note from around the league that I thought was really interesting. Danny, did you see this memo that came out of the commissioner's office saying that all of the teams have to rub the dirt on the mud on the balls the same way that they have apparently not been doing that. And there's a, like a whole process and instructions for like all of the teams have these buckets of mud from the Delaware river or something. And they're all supposed to rub them the exact same way. Uh, apparently some teams have not been doing that, which means there are structural reasons that some balls would behave differently than others in certain places. Cause the mud is on the ball differently. I, this is the most baseball thing ever. Like get, get your stuff in order, please. Mr. Manfred. Yeah, and I, I'm telling you, it's the new cheating. People realized right. I realized it. I'm like, oh, they're in control of their own baseballs. Oh, so they they can rub. They've got a humidor, so then maybe some of these come out of the humidor a little early. They sit around the dugout. We'll give those to the other team. You know, those will be the dead balls when from when they're hitting, and we'll pitch those, and they can pitch these live balls that just came out of the humidor and, you know, or, or the ones that we rubbed with the Mississippi mud, I, you know, it's the new cheating. And, and the fact that they found inconsistencies means that people have been cheating. There's no way they did that on, on accident. 
They're like, oh, we've totally forgot that they were supposed to leave them in there longer and rub them that way. We forgot. Yeah, we just right. didn't train our clubhouse guy very well on the mud yeah. rubbing My, process. Yeah. My no bad. way. My no bad. way. I was born at night, but it was not last night, people. <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah that's that's fun um the cubs are headed to st louis the cardinals are an actually good baseball team danny the cardinals are, are in a tie for first place in the division with the milwaukee brewers they kind of need some wins here i would love nothing more than the cubs to go to st louis and spoil the cardinals weekend and take first place away from them but i just i don't know i don't think this team has any fight in them at all yeah, it's all we got now is to play spoiler on both the Brewers and the Cardinals. But, um, yeah, it's not looking good. But I, I, I will say this. The, the Brewers and the Cardinals just played each other. Uh, hard fought, four-game split, I believe they did. And so maybe, just like when the Braves came into Chicago, this could be a little bit of a trap game or a trap series even for the Cardinals. And they just look at us getting beat by the pirates and just not having any pitchers that they've ever heard of and stuff like that. And then they'll just think that they could just cakewalk, but it's also going to be hot, really hot. Yeah. Uh, it's it. Well, so one of the things I listen to rates and barrels a lot, which is a mostly fantasy baseball podcast, but has a lot of, sabermetric-y stuff in it too. You know, Sarah's Derek Van Riper at The Athletic do a really good job of explaining all sorts of different things. And one, one of the things I really like about listening to Eno in particular is he's kind of like one of those baseball nerdy guys who's always thinking about the different ways that things could affect things. And so he's, he's been one of these guys that's been on top of the what is going on with the baseball story or what is going on with sticky stuff. Or And and lately this year, uh, he's he's wound up on the humidor beat the like what is happening with the dew what happens with the dew point when all the humidors are set the same and how does that play differently in some places rather than others and one of the things that he has talked about recently and and people should really go back and listen to some of this is that in particular St. Louis and in particular Paul Goldschmidt might be one of the biggest beneficiaries of how the humidor is trying to be set equally this year because of the way St. Louis plays. And so if you go back and look at like Goldschmidt's monthly splits, he's, he just becomes a monster as it gets hotter in St. Louis. And I'm like, and when we get to the Cardinals hot hitters uh, in a minute, you're going to see that Paul Goldschmidt has a WRC plus right now of 222. So he's 122% better than league average at driving in runs. And I really think MLB might've just created like the perfect environmental conditions for Paul Goldschmidt to rake. <laughs> uh, yeah. D- did you see, I-, I went to his baseball reference page and did you see that not only is he nicknamed Goldie, but he is so disgustingly nicknamed America's first baseman. I saw that and threw Anthony up a little Rizzo bit. Anthony Rizzo is America's first baseman. I agree. I mean, and he's a Yankee and not a Cardinal, but you know, they, those two teams have a lot in oh common. They do. I was having um, a conversation with my brother last night. I was so angry. Yeah. And it's unfair to us as Cub fans. It really is. And I think we should all be mad about it. Um, but yeah, Paul Goldschmidt is having probably an MVP season. Oh, 100%. He's having so. one of the best seasons of his career at age 34. And he is 
absolutely raking. Just, I, I, I honestly don't know if the Cubs have anybody who can get this guy out. Let's talk about probable pitchers before we uh, dive into the rest of these hitters. The Cubs are going to roll out Kyle Hendricks. We have no idea which Kyle Hendricks is going to show up. Uh, probably not the good Kyle Hendricks. TBD, our old friend TBD. My, my money is on like Adrian Sampson or Mark Leiter or somebody getting that start. And then Matt Swarmer. That's what the Cubs have going for them. Uh, the, the Cardinals are going to throw out Polante, Miles Michaelis, and Jack Flaherty is back. Um, Jack Flaherty got kind of hit around uh, in his first start back. He wasn't didn't quite look like vintage Jack Flaherty, but I'm sure this Cubs team can swing and miss at a lot of stuff and make Jack Flaherty look better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jack is coming back from um, an injury and it hasn't gone well for him so far since I think he's had two appearances and uh, he walked five against Milwaukee when he went out there, which that's not the Jack Flaherty that we knew about. So uh, we don't do too bad against him. Like Willie Hayward, Hap and Wisdom all have homers off of him. Um, even though Hayward's only two for 18, one of them's a dong, but we're throwing out. I mean, when you're throwing out Swarmer, I mean, like nobody believes in this guy except for maybe his mom, you know, like he had a couple good games and now they're like, oh, don't swing at the fastball. Don't swing at the slider. And even like, I think I was at the game the other day, I looked up and his slider even got hit over the wall the other, the other day. So, um, yeah, uh, it's Mills versus Michaelis. Is that what you're hearing? I, I mean, possibly. I, I was thinking it was. It, it is still listed as TBD. Yeah. Um, I think I said. I think I said lighter, but who knows? I I don't remember which one of them threw four innings more recently. We just talked about it, and I I guess and, I could scroll up in my own notes. But honestly, I'm kind of apathetic about this Cubs team, and scrolling up seems like work. Yeah, exactly. Like if they don't <laughs> want to work for it, I'm not working for it. It's like, <laughs> Yeah, Mills was terrible. If it is Mills, that's not a good side. Um, M- Mills versus Miles, Michaelis. I mean, it's kind of at least a fun name matchup. But we do okay against him, too. Um, he was good against Milwaukee. Uh, but uh, so, I mean, we, we've we've seen Miles Michaelis, he's, but he's got a 264 ERA. But we've hit him before. And Wisdom does pretty good against him, I had looked up. And then, yeah, the the, Hunt, the Hendo Palante. I mean, Kyle's been bad, so but he he was bad last time. Six runs, eight hits against Atlanta. But, you know, I'm, I'm thinking this, um, that he somehow has the Cardinals number. It's kind of a mixed bag, but here's the thing. Uh, it, it's like Kyle's crafty, and I think he's seen the Cardinals enough that I think we get Dr. Hendo at this one and not Mr. Kyle. I think it's a trap game for the Cardinals. I know we won't be favored. I'm not a gambler, but if you are, I would, I would, I think Hendo's easy money against Andre Pallante, even though he's got like a 169 ERA. Yeah, I'm not a gambler, but uh, that's, that's a solid observation. I agree that Kyle Hendricks has been pretty good against the St. Louis Cardinals for a lot of his career. I just, the thing with Kyle Hendricks right now, and it's it's devastating to me to say this, but it's it's just true. If he cannot establish his sinker as a pitch to get lefties out on early, he can't play the changeup off of it, and then he's just throwing batting practice at like 85 miles an hour. <laughs> and that is what has happened in these starts where it's like he just – people are just teeing off on him, right? And and it is that sinker changeup combo – and he, the few games he's been good, he's had it. Like you can see it. You can see it in the first couple of at bats, right? Like you can see that he's getting misses on it and that he's fooling guys on it. And if he doesn't have it, 
It's going to, like, Ross better have someone up and ready to go. And this is the problem with having Mills as your, like, TBD guy or whatever. Because, well, I don't know if I'd piggyback Mills and Kyle anyway. Because they're yeah. basically the exact same picture if, except if Mills like is worse. slow balls, here's another <laughs> slow ball. But it's for more batting practice. Here's the same guy, but worse. <laughs> God, it's going to be a long, long, hot summer in Chicago with me and Danny. Um Cub sweep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the Cubs are probably going to sweep this series just just because Danny and I are making so much fun of them. If they do, we will turn this podcast into a roast, and every series we will roast the Cubs, and then they will win more. Maybe I don't know. Like that's an idea. Uh, that's already the Sunranto show, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it! I have to come up with a new riff. Um, so hot hitters for St. Louis. We already talked about Paul Goldschmidt, and really Paul Goldschmidt is having one of those like otherworldly types of seasons. So yeah, it, it, I wish it was happening to somebody who didn't play for the Cardinals. It'd be kind of fun to watch and cheer for if it was not a Cardinal. Um, Tyler O'Neill has a WRC plus over the last five-ish weeks of 155. Dylan Carlson is bouncing back. He's at 146. Nolan Gorman is at 138. Brendan Donovan, who came out of the Cardinals build a build a Cardinal lab. Uh, has a WRC plus of 128. Nolan Arenado is at 122 and Tommy Edmond is at 110, which is actually kind of a slide for Tommy Edmond. He's been having one of the best seasons in baseball so far this year. Yeah. And they don't have the greatest offense in the world. Like our OPSs are neck and neck Cubs and cards. Um, and uh, so it's, it's, they just play, they just, they don't have a lot of holes in the team, I think is the difference. So it's, they're, they're knocking in the runs when they need to, to to uh, knock them in because they've scored 48 more runs than the Cubs. They steal a lot of bases, so they're pesky that way, and they don't strike out a lot. So, you know, they're putting the ball in play. They're putting pressure on your guy, your pitchers, and but they mo- but their starting pitching has been excellent. So no. that's what's they're not scoring the most runs in the world, but they've they're not giving them up though. So their staff, their pitching staff's a whole run better than the Cubs. They also don't make nearly as many errors as the Cubs do at the moment. I mean, the Cubs yeah. give away a lot of runs and they give away a lot of outs in, in ways that the Cardinals do not. And I, I think yeah. that that's really, I mean, as much as it pains me to give the Cardinals any compliment at all, they play fun, they play pretty fundamentally sound baseball and, and the Cubs just have not been doing that. Yeah, fourth best at errors, the the Cardinals are. Yeah, and the, the Cubs are certainly not fourth best on that list. They're actually league average in errors. Which really? is this is yeah, league average. Yeah, league average is terrible, Danny. Yeah, I'm like they they need to. I'm like looking at that. I'm like, what are they teaching these people in college? Oh my god, what are they doing down in the minor leagues? Do they just never take infield practice anymore? Who's the it's worst? Just, oh, uh, let me see if I still have that up. If, um, I mean, if you don't, it's okay. But now I'm like, if the Cubs are actually league average, which I would have bet money they were at least twentieth or like lower. Then I, 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 who's who could possibly be that much worse? I'm, I'm looking at it right now. I'm just trying to bring it up. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, while while you're trying to br- bring it up, I mean, I, I'm honestly just appalled that baseball has gotten to a point where the Cubs are league average at airs right now. Yeah, the the yeah the Cubs are well, they're a, slightly above the league average in errors is thirty nine. The Cubs have forty three, so it's slightly above. The worst is the Rockies. Uh, the Pirates are second worst 
actually, and then the Nationals. So pretty, and then the White Sox are way up there because they've got a pretty butchery team, which, like the Cubs, have probably given up quite a few games based upon shoddy defense. And when I've listened to talk radio, uh, uh, in here in Chicago, I've heard a lot of White Sox fans calling him being like, "They gotta hit it, they gotta catch it, they gotta feel it," and like they. And the, the complaint is that they don't play fundamental baseball, and what what is the head scratcher is like really with Tony LaRusa as the skipper, like he doesn't have them out there, like running laps. If they get an error, like do, Oh, do 10 pushups. Cause you screwed that up or something like that. But the best team for errors is the Mariners for not committing them. I should say 25 only on the season. Interesting. I mean, then- the, what I gotta say as, as miserable as this Cubs season has been to watch, it would be much worse to be the White Sox right now. They are in their contention window. They are supposed to be, this is win now mode for them. And they don't seem to have it. Like if the Cubs had looked like the White Sox do right now in 2016, I would have lost my mind. Yeah. You're on the cover of sports illustrated getting ordained as the, as the favorite. And then instead you just have a sub 500 ball club that, doesn't play good fundamental baseball at all. I mean, it's, it's unconscionable. Yeah. I like the stat defensive efficiency ratio, which is just how many outs you're getting. Like if the ball's in play and not a home run, do you get the out? And the white Sox uh, are the third worst team in the league when it Ouch. comes to, to Durr. And the Cubs actually are better than them. Still bottom 10 though. They're not good Durr. at all. What a yeah, great name for a stat about being bad. Durr. Durr. In your dur <laughs> ratio, you're terrible. Um, the Yankees are the best. They're fielding it the best. Yankees, Padres, Dodgers, Rays, like all top teams. You know, the teams that the teams that win baseball games. That's how that works. Uh, let's talk yeah. about the Cubs hitting. There are some still solid hitters on the Cubs. Although Wilson Contreras has been in a little mini slump. I think he's he was 0 for his last 15 or 16, they said. At the end of yesterday's game, he'll come out of it. He'll be fine, people. But he, his his mini slump has lowered his WRC plus over the last five weeks to a team leading 152. So I think Wilson's going to be just fine. Um, the Or I'm sorry, team second, 146. Half is the team leader now at 152. Half had a nice series in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh native Ian Half. Uh, Rafael Ortega is at 145. Patrick Wisdom is at 142. PJ Higgins is at 129. Christopher Morell is at 111. The league is adjusting to him a little bit, but I, he's he's bouncing back a little bit too. Danny, what do you see from this Cubs offense? Hmm. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of holes in it, and um, I mean, they just they, I mean, they they can explode for some runs every now and again, but uh, it's pretty anemic for the most part in this series. Uh, the for at least the first half of it wasn't great. Even against the Braves, they won the one game, one to nothing, and they barely got that run. They got it by getting outs. So, um, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, you you go down to St. Louis. The weather's hot. I I really just think it's a, tonight at least is a trap game. I don't know. <laughs> I think I think they score a bunch of runs tonight, and I think. Uh, Hendo's great and we win like 10 nothing and then if we do that we're not going to win the rest of the the games well if yeah. tonight's game which is on Apple TV so remember you Ugh. gotta stream this one on Apple TV and if you're if you're headed out to like a local establishment with your friends you probably you may not be able to see it if they can't get Apple TV at one of the many taverns or pubs in the neighborhood um 
if the Cubs manage to pull that off, you will hear about it here on the next Cup of Cubby Blue. Danny, in the meantime, where can people find your comments about streaming the Cubs and the Cardinals and more uh, while we wait for the results of the series? Well, at Sunranto on Twitter, uh, we'll be going live on Monday night, which is an off day for the Cubs and um, at 8 p.m. Central Time. And we'll have on uh, Dennis, the Cardinals fan, and also the lead of my play uh, at, from Trapdoor Theater. Dennis has come on and uh, hopefully we'll just be making fun of him because the Cardinals just got swept by the Cubs. That'd be hilarious. And then Billy DeVore from the new Nasty Boys podcast is going to come on and tell us what's going on with the Reds. That's all Monday night. Uh, you can stream it on YouTube or Twitter or Facebook or any place that you can find my stuff. Awesome. Uh, I will I will certainly be streaming that. Oh. I always love hearing. One more yeah. thing. Bleacher, Bleacher Bum Band is op- is uh, going to be doing a pregame party on July 2nd at 4 p.m. at Output Lounge, which is just a block north of Wrigley Field. And uh, it's it's free, and they've got awesome wings there as well. 4 p.m., free show. Come through, rock with us. And um, it, either go to the game or we'll just be hanging out watching the game probably all night. So, uh yeah, that'll be that'll be fun. So come on out Fourth of July weekend. See you there. Awesome, sounds like a plan. I, I will certainly be around Wrigley Field for that. I I have not decided if I'm wearing Cubs gear or Red Sox gear to that series. I'm kind of angry at the hmm. Cubs, so I might just wear my Red Sox gear over there and as a statement about my about my anger. But but that'll be a game time decision. We'll we'll see what happens on that one. Um, if I do that, you will you will hear about it on my social media accounts. I am at BCB underscore Sarah on all of the places where you can search for that. Uh, you can also find everything that we are tweeting about and talking about on this podcast at the podcast account at Cup of Cubby Blue. Danny and I clearly are kind of just done with this, and, and it would be great if the Cubs could just, you know, come back, sweep the Cardinals, and give us some reason to hope and cheer, because right now both of us are, peel- are feeling kind of flat about a Cubs team that, frankly, isn't playing very good baseball. But if they yeah. manage to in St. Louis, you will hear about it here on Bleed Cubby Blues podcast. See you till next time. Bye.